Good Gab, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. We have a really special guest today. This is the Chief Executive Officer of the YWCA. This is Jeanette Houck. Jeanette, welcome. Hi, Steve. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you. This is my first podcast. What? Yeah. Well, it's happening. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's awesome. Well, I know. We get to be here, you know, the beautiful Spokane Library and you know, all this equipment. We've been here for over a year now. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. I know. It's been a lot of fun. And we were the very first people in the studio. Really? Yeah. So our executive producer, uh, Dana Devine, you know, found the space. She's like, let's get this thing kicked off. And uh, we were here and we just uh, hit that one year anniversary. I love that. You know, the oh. YWCA mm. collaborated with Mia, Meharas oh. in Action, and also Lutheran Community Services. We did an a um, candidate forum okay. upstairs here nice. during the last election season. So that was fun. So right outside this door then, right? Exactly. Right on. What a cool space. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been great. What inspired that? Like, why did the Y want to, you know, get involved and, and pull it together? Well, we worked really closely with those two organizations so that we could talk to individuals who were being elected that had some sort of impact on victim services. Mm -hmm. So in particular, judges. Yeah. Big one. People in the court system. So it was just an opportunity for them to really share about their knowledge of domestic violence and the impact that the courts and the systems have on their ability to um, move through their trauma successfully. Well, and I bet that was received really well by the community because you're like, this is important stuff. It was. It, out. it was. We had, we had probably, I want to tell you about 120 people. Nice. So it was a big group. They were very interested in what the candidates had to say, and we just had the opportunity to facilitate. So It's incredible. We just had a Lutheran Community Services as a guest, uh, the new executive director there, yeah. and uh, she blew my mind. Like I had known a little bit about the organization, but I did mm-hmm. not know the depths of uh, you know how they're helping our community and the kids here and you know women you know suffering. And well. Steve, let me blow your mind, too. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Because there's a lot going on at the YWCA Spokane. Well, tell us more. Well, first of all, if you haven't heard, we're 120 years old this year. 120? Yeah. 120. Right. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's been really great. So we've been celebrating our birthday all year long. Here in Spokane, 120? 120 years. Wow. So you've been around since the beginning of Spokane. Right. Wow. Right. Right. So in 1903, we were meeting women at the train station, and a lot of them were being lured here, saying that they were going to have jobs, and they really were going to be sold into the sex trade. Shit. And so, exactly. Yeah, so, the, 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 so the, yeah, the mining and all that. The, exactly. So the need was immediate. The need was immediate. So that gave us the opportunity to work with those women to help them find housing and education. And today, we're still doing the same thing. Wow, you think that, yeah, like humanity would evolve, and we do, but some things we're just still terrible at. Some things Humans don't. are bad to each other sometimes. Uh, yes, and in the scenario of domestic violence, I can tell you in our community, there is a really high rate of some very violent um, behavior in intimate partner relationships. 
So I heard that in uh, the Leadership Spokane class I was a part of. Um, I don't remember who came and talked to us, but they said that like the rate of domestic violence in mm-hmm. Spokane County, Eastern Washington, was like really high compared to the national average. It is really high compared to the national average. So we're like one in four women will experience domestic violence in their lifetime. So that's that's a really big number. When you look at the yeah, actual, yeah, hard to even start yeah. to comprehend that. Yeah. So think about just all my friends, right? And to ex- know that translates to everyone. Right. Right. So so it's a big number. One of the things that we track is how that compares to other counties throughout the the wa- state the state of Washington, and you'd be amazed. I mean, we have one of the highest rates of domestic violence in the state. Is can we attribute that to anything, or is just a statistic that we can work on getting a lot lower. You know, I think part of it is our um, level of economic poverty that we have in this community. I think that that's part of it. So when you think about prevention, let's think mm-hmm. about poverty. Um, I think it also has to do with report rates. Sure. So, I mean, we're we're good at data, and so we're trying to gather that data so and report it out. So a hidden problem in other communities. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so how does the YWCA, you know, engage with this community? Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about what we do in our domestic violence services. And then again, I'm going to really surprise you and tell you about some more things that we're out there doing. We're so. glad you're here, Jeanette. <laughs> yeah, you got to get some awareness. Yeah, I know, we do. We really do. So as you know, obviously, we've been around 120 years. And one of the things that we do in Spokane is that we have a domestic violence safe shelter where when individuals call our 24-hour helpline, get your phone out, make a contact. If you've already done it, thank you. But if you haven't, our helpline number is 509-326-2255. Okay? So who would call this? So they're in a situation, like help us understand who should hit send. Right, so this is an individual or a friend or a family member that's seeing a situation that just seems like the power and control dynamic is lopsided, mm-hmm. okay? So this is an individual who may be physically abused. This may also be somebody who is emotionally abu- abused. So think of that as someone who says, no, you can't go see your friends. That's someone who says, you can't spend the money on that. Don't leave the house. So think about COVID. They couldn't leave the house. So a lot of people were trapped in their homes with their perpetrators during COVID. So we've got our 24-hour helpline, one of the first places that you can call. We have this safe shelter. It has 11 individual rooms. So it's not like a big open cot kind of filled place. You have a really safe space. It's Mm -hmm. your room. It's your room. You have your own TV. Most of the rooms have their own bathroom. You've got a little mini fridge. You've got a microwave. We have advocates who are staffed at the shelter. So support start to happen from day one, hour one? Hour one. That's awesome. Yeah, from the moment they step in the door, they are empowered to choose. So throughout whatever relationship they've been in, it's been power and control. And now for probably the first time in a long time, they have control back and they get the power to choose. So we use that empowerment model throughout all of our programming. Okay, so we have people in the safe shelter. 
We have advocates that can help people who maybe they don't need safe shelter. They can go stay with a friend Mm -hmm. or a family member. And they'll come to our offices and they'll do safety planning. We'll talk more about the power and control wheel and what that means and how they can really move to a healthy relationship, however they choose. We'll help them get a confidential address. You know, what you need, right? To like, maybe you need to go get a job. You got all the things. All right? the things. All the things. So that's one of the services they can access. And then we also have legal advocates. So sometimes what happens is the night after an event, our legal advocates know who has been um, part of a domestic violence situation. They can reach out to those victims and see if they need any supports. So legal advocates aren't giving legal advice, but they tell them about how the system works. Which is so important, right? Because it's scary. It's very scary and confusing. Where do you go? Is it this building over there or is it that building? Which court is it? What time is it? What can I do? What can I say? What can I not say? You know, those are some of the things that the legal advocates can help them with. And kind of walking alongside people as they go through the process. Exactly. Now, while they can't give them legal advice on a protection order, we have two attorneys, a paralegal, and a triple LT, which is almost like an attorney, and our director. Well, let me tell you. (laughs) Hello, please go to our website www.ywcaspokane.org and please click on the donate button. Because this is community funded. It is community funded. But also know that we get a lot of support for our programming from um, government grants. So the city of Spokane, the county of Spokane, the state of Washington, and the federal government. We have probably 75 to 80% of our funding comes from government grants. Because the need is so high. Because the need is so high. Exactly. We were... um Skillscan, we were bidding on cleaning uh, the main building uh, downtown. Yes. Uh, this is a few years ago. Um, shoot, probably six years ago, before your time. And <laughs> uh, one thing that kind of blew my mind was the court inside the building. Yes. I was like, this is incredible. Okay, so that we can be safe, we can be outside like that traditional system a little bit. Maybe tell us a little bit more about that. Okay, so let me tell you about the Family Justice Center. So again, that's where we collaborate with city and county prosecutors, the Sheriff's Department, and Spokane Police Department for those, uh, those individuals on those teams that are working on the domestic violence cases. So if there's someone who um, has a recent incident and they're involved with law enforcement and they want to be able to talk to law enforcement, they can come to our building in a very safe place in a safe place in a room that is trauma informed the lights are soft there's a couch you know it's one of those places where when you've been through significant trauma and you have that moment to actually kind of sit down relax feel safe and tell your story and hopefully only have to tell your story once and not over and over again and be re-traumatized yeah yeah so yeah, the Family Justice Center is just like an amazing spot for us to be able to have in our building. Well, I, I remember just being surprised and then saying, oh, this makes so much sense. Yeah. Also, yeah. I thought one of the coolest things, do you still have it, the, the store? So, or, 
where you can walk in and get clothing. And, yes. So our uh, sister's closet. Yeah. So again, that's one of the resources that survivors, when they're at the shelter, sometimes they leave with nothing. Right? Because you've got to get out of a situation. They leave with nothing. And so they can come over to our sister's closet and walk through our free boutique. And they have someone there who can help them try on clothes um, find out what their need is, and then make sure that they've got clothes for, you know, if they need to go to court, if they're getting ready to go to work, all of those things. So, yeah, our the sister's dignity closet. and support of that was just, I loved it. Yeah. That, you know, there was someone there that was going to help yes. walk through that. Yeah. So that seems there's a little theme here mm. at YWCA. There's a lot of uh, walking with people. There is a lot of walking with people. Is you that do. part of the trauma-informed mm-hmm. um model it certainly is we say we come alongside because remember we're not going to tell people what to do we're going to give them options resources ideas opportunities but they get to choose i love that really is their choice you do that in the disability space too Mm -hmm. it's all about choice and opportunities yeah yeah incredible so you that's something I think our listeners may not know, right? We all know the name YWCA. Right. And I don't know exactly what goes on. Right. <laughs> well, and what and else uh, is happening? Because there's more. <laughs> yeah. There's more. This is quite the onion. It yeah. really is. So again, you know, as, as a as a survivor is walking their journey. So and let me inter- intersect here or interject here that, you know, we serve men too. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and non-binary individuals, anyone regardless um, of their gender identity, sexual orientation, we support everyone. Everyone is welcome here. Everyone. So if you're experiencing uh, domestic violence, mm-hmm. you're the call. We are. <laughs> we are. Awesome. So when you walk in our building and, and you look at all of our services, you know, we've talked about some of the legal services, safety planning, our shelter, you know, the next step for a lot of people is that healing path. So there are a couple of things that we have there. We have a women's opportunity center where we have um, a, a number of classes that we call holistic services. So it's really that opportunity, you know, maybe you're not really ready yet to get a job. Maybe you're not really quite ready for mental health therapy, but you still, for the first time, want to be able to sit with a group of other individuals who have experienced the same kind of trauma and hear about how they're walking through their process. So we do some art classes where people can kind of tell their story through art. Um, We also have parenting classes through Circle of Security. So our staff is trained to be able to provide that. So you can imagine, you know, if you've left your perpetrator and you've got kids and maybe you still have to share custody. Yeah, it sounds terrifying. Yeah. I mean, how do you deal with um, parenting after domestic violence? So we have a support group for that. You know, uh, next are our clients and people that we serve. They can they can access mental health therapy. We have four full time therapists. Yeah. Yeah. We have four full time therapists that um, provide mental health therapy services. We just hired a child therapist, and so she's working with the child and the family. Wow, so the whole family can get help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. learned a lot on this program, um, you know, about the kids. Yeah. And just getting, intervening early and often, mm-hmm. like, can really help transform their lives as they become adults. Yeah. 
That's so, so cool that the Y is doing that. It's really cool. I'm going to tell you a little oh. bit more about our housing program. Then we're going to we're going to come You're back into to housing kids. too. We're going to come back to the kids. Okay. Yes, we are into housing. So we're really fortunate um, between the city and the county. We o- we have over a million dollars of funding to support what we call what we call in quotes rapid rehousing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just so you know, there isn't a lot in Spokane in the way of affordable Certainly. apartment housing, any sort of housing. And so as we're moving through with a survivor and, and her family, sometimes a single, sometimes an individual with children, how do we help them find housing? So one of yeah, the things- Yeah, impossible. Yeah, it's really hard. So we have five housing advocates right now. And what they do is they work out in the community to find where those available housing units are. And then they work with our clients, make sure that they're qualified given the type of grants we have. Some have more restrictions than others, as you can imagine. Layered money. Layered money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So we we have to follow all the rules. And we do intakes. We do walk-ins on Monday mornings for individuals who um, are looking for uh, survivors of intimate partner violence are looking for that housing, uh, that next place, their next safe home. They can come to us and we'll do an intake and see if we can support them and help them find resources. So I'm just thinking about some of our listeners, you know, maybe they, you know, own an apartment building or Mm -hmm. some housing. Maybe this is speaking to them right now. Would they be like, would they call, um, the Y and be like, Hey, I have a unit. I'd like to be a part of this program. Yes. Yeah. Again, we've got lots of rules and regulations Uh and, would have to be inspected and those kinds of things but yeah we do that that's a start yeah Yeah. absolutely we'd love that support well you heard it here everyone if you're thinking about this (laughs) yeah call Jeanette's team yeah figure this out yeah we'd love to have them call that'd be great yeah because as you know we really the the available apartment uh what do I want to say the capacity is the inventory the inventory is very very low in Spokane so. Oh, especially right now, with all, I was thinking about this as we talked with all the fires that have happened and oh. displaced people. Yeah. Um, it's going to get even harder. It is going to. One in four pe- women are affected here in Spokane. It's like the need is great. The need so is we great. We have to like the community. If we can step up, we should. Yeah. To to help find some of this housing. Yeah. Huh. So let's get back yeah. to the kids. So you said start early. Yeah. Yeah, so we have an early childhood education program. ECAP, we know what that is. Our listeners know what that is. Uh, We love ECAP. Yes, so we have five classrooms. So we have one in Airway Heights, or two in Airway Heights, two in our downtown building, and one, thank goodness, in Medical Lake. So we were very fortunate and very worried. Um, A lot of our families have been impacted, our staff. um, But our classroom is whole and ready to take kids on Monday. You're right on the main drag there. We I are. live out on Clear Lake, so we just do, we're dealing with all this. I've seen yeah. that classroom. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we are. So you spread across like the, the majority of our community. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Come yeah. on, Valley. Where are you? It's time <laughs> to step up for another program. <laughs> yeah, the Valley does have yeah. some programs actually, but they're run by uh, Central Valley School District, East Valley School District. Okay. Yeah. So, so sometimes in different community school districts will step into this role. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, so YWCA is just looks for needs, fills needs. Fills needs. For 120 years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Look, what else is on the horizon then? Because it sounds like 
Yeah. Well, you all got plans. <laughs> we're, we're doing a lot. So really one of the things that we're trying to do is to lean into prevention. Okay. So a lot of people say, boy, I spent a lot of money supporting the YWCA Spokane. How, what's changing? Well, we're, we are raising awareness for sure. But now we have to start talking about prevention. So in addition to our domestic violence support services, and in addition to our early childhood education programs, we have a community engagement team. And so they're out in the community talking to other organizations like ours and seeing where is the need and where is it not being met? So that, number one, if we're delivering services, are we delivering the right service? And are question. We, and are we delivering it in the place where people need it? So sometimes that's not our office. Uh-huh. So I'll tell you, our new director of legal services, she hasn't even been with us 90 days, and she pulled out a card table and did legal clinics on a sidewalk. Wow. So that's where the need was. That's where the need is. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to l- start looking through prevention. And so you'll hear more about the YWCA and the services that we provide and some of the work that we're doing in the schools. Again, healthy relationships, and then also talking to other community organizations and seeing what they need. And so when you think about that, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. You know, how do we start preventing? Well, you got my mind thinking on prevention. It's like, okay, one in four, big number. I'm just, I just think about my friend group. Mm -hmm. So that means there's people in my circles that are experiencing this. Yeah. What can I do? What is like... What are men like myself's role in this? Like, how can we help? I love the fact that you've asked that question. That's a great question. So we have a program that we call Recognize, Respond, and Refer. And we have pamphlets and information on our website about how do you help a friend. So every individual that I talk to, one of the best things that you can do is to make sure that you know our helpline. Please go to our website and sign up for DV101 understand what that program is, what that looks like, how you can help a friend. Um, we'd, we'd love to go out and talk to various organizations and share it with their staff. That's something that we want to do. That so raise part that of awareness. a training opportunity to raise awareness. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. There's definitely a lot of listeners right now that I know they're thinking about that. And they have, you know, they may be business owners. They might be running organizations. This seems like a great way to partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it in-person training? Is it online? We do both. Yeah. So it's easy. Yeah. Accessible. Yeah. The other no th- excuse. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Get on our website. Yeah. You'd love it. The other thing I want to tell you about is our racial and social justice work. And so that's a, a big part of what we are doing at the YWCA is we're really raising awareness Um, of those situations where there is racism, where there is inequality in our systems that make it hard for people to access services and to be able to work and live free of violence in our community. And one of the uh, programs that I'd love all of your listeners, although I'm afraid this is going to come out after it launches, but we have a racial and social justice challenge Okay. That we, that you can go to our website and sign up for, and it starts in the middle of September, and it goes for about 10 days, or is it 10-day, 14-day challenge, 14-day challenge, 
and you can um, participate every single day and you can participate at that level that you have time. So there's a link where you can do like a 10 minute video or reading, 30 minutes or maybe an hour. So it gives you those options so that you can participate and kind of dive in at a level based upon um, your, your interest in that particular, maybe your lack of knowledge of a particular area around racial and social justice. We try to do a little bit of um, personalization to it so that it's, it's focused on some of the things that are going on in Spokane. Okay. It's not just kind of a, na- uh, a national kind of issue, but really some local issues. So this is a, a national program that all the affiliates across the country are, are a part of? No, nope. this homegrown? is homegrown? This is ours. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're not the only one in the YWCA network doing this. And so we've collaborated with a lot of other YWCAs to put this together. But not everybody does it, and it's not the same everywhere. Why is that important here in Spokane, this intersectionality between you know race and services? It is so important here in Spokane. I realize a lot of people think that, you know, Spokane is 81% white um, and that there really isn't a racial problem here in Spokane, but, but there is. We know by looking at our data that we serve people disproportionately of color than the population in Spokane. And so there's a reason for that. And, you know, there are, again, you know, there are lots of reasons for that. But it's one of the things that we cannot ignore. And so we have to continue to look at the systems and we need to look at the barriers and see where they're impacting our communities of color. You know, let's take language access. You know, you have to be able to access services, whether those are, that's medical care or it is the court system or the school system um, in a language that, um, that you speak. That Absolutely. And so that that something I might take for granted. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so forms have to be in other languages. You know, I think Spokane is doing a pretty good job trying to do that. So don't think that I'm trying to be critical. But, you know, we can do better. Absolutely. We can. And just shining lights on, yeah, Mm -hmm. especially the systems Mm -hmm. and ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, you are right. You were blowing my mind today. <laughs> yeah, the why is just making it happen. How did you come to the why? Oh, wow. <laughs> so really, it was just kind of one of those things. I um, I moved to Spokane in 2000, so it was the weekend of Bloomsday. All right. So Welcome. Uh, our first adventure was, well, let's go downtown. And then we went, oh, wow, check this out. This is really something else. <laughs> And so I participated in Bloomsday probably all but three of the years that I've been here. So we came nice. in 2000. Been here a long time. This is home now. This is home. Yeah. Yeah. So my I have two boys. Uh, they were both went to uh, public school here in Spokane. Both of them are proud WSU graduates. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. <laughs> and one of my sons is a teacher and the other one is a ICU nurse. Here in town? Here in town. So everybody started to stay. That's right. Everybody's here. I grew a bunch of helpers, so <laughs> I'm, I'm really pretty proud of, proud of that. Um, I've got three grandchildren, so that's totally awesome, I all bet. below the age of six. So All the sweet, sweet ages. <laughs> yeah. While they still love me, I try to spend <laughs> as much time with them as I oh, can. I love grandma I forever. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I hope so. Yeah. So we, we got here just, it was... Uh, uh, my husband's job brought us here, 
And so we landed here, and this is where we've been ever since. Yeah. How did you get connected to the Y? So I was working um, at Inland Imaging, as a matter of fact, okay. uh, with their team. And I had, uh, when I first came to Spokane, I worked for what was called the Master Daniels. So that was a public accounting firm. firm. Yeah. And, and they were Is that your background? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to know. <laughs> CPA. CPA, yeah. I can't call myself that anymore since <laughs> I became CEO because I didn't keep my license up. But yeah, I was a CPA for 38 years. Yeah. I became um, certified when I was 12. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's <laughs> similar to our family story. Uh, my mom's uh, side, my grandpa's CPA, during yep. tax time, mm-hmm. uh, everyone learned how to run the copier. Yeah. And uh, that, that happened for all of us grandkids and definitely his kids. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I think like four out of the seven are CPAs. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We, um, yeah, I grew up in Colorado. Yeah. Went to the University of Denver. Um, knew early on that I wanted to go into accounting. I was good at math, you know, that kind of stuff. So uh, did did a career in public accounting for a number of years. Uh, my husband was in the military for a while, so we moved around. We landed in San Antonio, Texas, and there I was the chief financial officer for the cancer center. Okay. So that so was. Then you started to see like this other side of the world, like where yes. you can this intersection of helping people exactly and running solid business. Right. Okay. Right. Right. So that was yeah. really my first opportunity to say, okay, you know, as a financial person, I can actually do something that impacts the community and helps people. So, so I went that direction. And then yeah. came up here to Inland Imaging, a great organization, a storied organization mm. in yeah. Spokane, yeah. continuing to be on like the cutting edge of services. Yeah. So um, it was just there for a while and then had this opportunity at the YWCA. And I thought, okay, you know, this gives me an opportunity to really kind of step in and run the show um, as, a, as, a, as the accountant, not the whole show, uh-huh. just, just as the accountant. Um, Did and Regina had, recruit you into the fold? Regina came about a year and a half after okay. I was there. So I recruited Regina Yikes. into the fold. Okay. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was great. So it was nice having her with us. And then when she went and left for her wonderful position at the Women's Commission, I had a board of directors come up to me and go, hmm, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know. I kind of like being in the background. I'm not sure I want to be the person on a podcast. <laughs> But you knew the need was great. Yeah. And you knew you could help. Yep. Well, yeah. I can see it. Like, yeah, you just you you are the person for, for this. And thank goodness you're in Spokane helping, you know, highlight, you know, issues here and like where we can, you know, solve problems. Yeah. Yeah. Really That's awesome. I, yeah. It's 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 been a great, great opportunity for me. And here's the thing. I have ninety people that work at the YWCA right alongside me. So there isn't a minute that I have to carry this myself. We have a great team. We really do. Jeanette, I just love that you're here. Thank you so much for highlighting, you know, all the issues that are happening, all the great things at the YWCA. Any events coming up that our listeners uh, should be looking at? We know we got September. Um, yep. Get involved. If you have Absolutely. 10 minutes or an hour, we heard it here. You can just, we can 
participate. Yep. A- anything else that we need to know about? Absolutely. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So Domestic Violence Action Month. You know, let's talk about what that means. So you'll be seeing a lot of organizations. Lutheran will be speaking out. So will the Spokane Regional Domestic Violence uh, Coalition and the YWCA Spokane. So you'll be hearing a lot about domestic violence, raising awareness, again, how to help a friend. Um, The other thing that you're going to be hearing from the YWCA Spokane is that, you know, we're starting to build an endowment because just as you pointed out, (laughs) that funding and all that government funding can be really hard. and it comes and goes. Comes and goes. And so you need to have that stable underlying endowment to really help fill the gaps whenever you lose funding. You don't want to have to lay off all of your attorneys or your yep. your your staff or your advocates or whatever it may be you want to be able to co- continue to provide services at the level that you do so you're going to hear us talk about that so that's important and you know that's a long journey sure you know well unless well, you've been here for 120 years we exactly can work. exactly so if there's someone that has 50 million dollars <laughs> out there that just wants to write one check then we could say we're there. But. Well, you know, share a little with Skillskin. You like people with disabilities too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there, you know, you're going to hear from the YWCA in a lot of different areas on a lot of different topics as we're moving through the next couple of months. Well, thank yeah. you so much for helping us understand, you know, um, some of the programming uh, about you and how we can get involved. I really want to challenge our listeners. If you can help in the training side of things, uh engage uh Mm -hmm. find Jeanette's team let's figure out how we can get uh, our workforce understanding you know domestic violence domestic violence 101 right exactly that's the program let's really get that out there let's Mm -hmm. make sure we all know about that Mm -hmm. and oh well we can't wait to see what you're up to and your team is up to um thank you so much for being here well it's such an honor to be here anytime i get the opportunity to share about the ywca spokane i want to do it so thank you Thanks, Jeanette.